It's my first time. You're new here, aren't you? First time. Welcome to Babylon 5 for the first time. Not a Star Trek podcast. My name is Jeff Aiken, and I'm watching Babylon 5 for the first time. And I'm Brent Allen, and I'm also watching Babylon 5 for the first time. I've never seen it before, and neither has Jeff over there. Jeff and I are two veteran Star Trek podcasters who are watching Babylon 5 for the very first time, and we are searching for those Star Trek-like messages in this series and trying to decide, do we really like the series? Which, of course we do. Yeah, we kind of love it. We wouldn't keep doing the show if we if we're like this show sucks. We're out. We wouldn't keep doing it. So, but yeah. How come? How come there's it's, no new episodes coming? It's out? how much. It's how much we like the series is what we're, we're doing. Yeah. And while we are Star Trek podcasters, this is not a Star Trek podcast. And so to keep us on track, we've limited ourselves to just three references a piece, up to three references a piece per episode. So from this moment forward, any reference we make about Star Trek counts towards that jeff yeah i really want you to go clip that little audio from the movie aladdin where uh he's explaining the rules of the lamp to aladdin the genie is and he goes uno dos tres three that's it no more <laughs> like i want you to have that and have it on a hot key so you can hit it for this moment right here but i do have one other really cool drop that i love to use and that's the one brent that i play when we get a five star review oh, yes this is from apple podcasts and logos 728 says after several star trek podcasts these two gents turn their eyes to the best alternative to trek sci-fi series of the 90s their years of podcast experience gives the pair a smooth chemistry, excellent timing, and advanced insight into sci-fi TV tropes. Trek looms over their frame of reference, but the three strikes gimmick, only three Trek mentions per, per, per person per show, adds an extra layer of fun when listening. If you're new to B5 due to its availability on HBO Max, this is a great companion podcast for it. You know what? Logo 728 gets us. Totally. He understands this show or she understands this show. So whoever you are, Logo 728, thank you. You just explained it way better than Jeff and I ever have, I think. You're I great. agree. I agree. You 100% get it. And and you know what I love is like Logo seems to understand like Jeff and I have never podcasted before together this. Like we've had a couple of guest spots with each other, but that's it. Like we each have our own separate deal and we came together to do this one. So yeah, it's fun. It's actually a pretty fun story. How that happened. That'll be for another time. Yes. Well, Brent, we have another five star review. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're coming in. This one's from Apple podcast. This is from Texas and Lashock and Texas and Lashock says this podcast is 100% Jakar approved. One of the fun parts of watching new people watching Babylon five is seeing where they think it's going whether they're right or wrong, and especially when they get it right and wrong simultaneously. That happens frequently with these guys, and it's great. It does happen a lot with us, doesn't it? Like, I mean, I only know that in hindsight up to the point that we're here today, and I have no idea what that is going forward, but that is the fun of the show, <laughs> is letting you guys laugh and giggle at us while we struggle 
to figure it out. It's one of my favorite things when people are like, oh, you're so close and so far away. I just want to tell you. I just want to tell you. And I'm like, then we have done our job. Yes. Yes, we have. We have. And thank you for not telling us and keeping us spoiler free. Spoiler free, hint free, nudge free, Scott free, gluten free, you know, all the freeze, all the good stuff. Hey, we have a website. Brent, did you know that we have a we have a website? I did. Babylon5first.com. It's the number five in the word first.com. And this has a contact page. And Darman used that contact page and says, in part, hello. First off, on the whole, I have to say your show is gripping. I watch it every Monday as if I was watching the show itself. I find your insights amusing, shocking, funny, and entertaining. I hope you don't mind me sharing some thoughts on the show. And he goes on to share some really great thoughts and they include, I've wanted to post more, but feel really constrained because I know everything that happens. And I feel that my analyses or rebuttals to your conclusions are tainted by my knowledge. I can't really discuss with either of you very fairly because I have the knowledge that you don't have. Thanks, Darman. That pretty much nails it as well. It is. You know, it's one of those things. um, I remember a while ago, a a couple, you know what it was? It was back during that season one episode, the one where Dr. Franklin got the machine with that lady. Uh, Quality, quality. By the way, by by the way, that lady, uh, but I don't think we ever talked about this. That lady was um, the same actress that played Bill Mummy's mother in Lost in Space. What? Yeah, like the old lady, like Rose or whatever her name was. I think was. somebody said that when that came out. I yeah, no yeah. Idea. like there were several people in the comments that, that said, well, I don't think we ever circled back to it, but yeah. I'm like, they never had a scene together. I'm like, but I bet they saw each other behind scene, like on set. I would hope they did. That's pretty cool. Uh, but but it was during then people were like, oh, but Dr. Because Fr- I, I declared then, and I don't know that I've changed much since then, Jeff. I'm like, I don't like Dr. Franklin. I have my issues with Dr. Franklin. But a lot of people are like, oh, but Dr. Franklin's a da 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 da. And I'm I'm sitting here and my question back to them was, okay, do you think that? Do you believe that? Like, like ask yourself this question, because this honestly should inform your comment back to us. Do you know that? Do you think that about Dr. Franklin because you have seen his entire story arc and you know what he the journey he goes on? And you're watching season one, season two, Dr. Franklin through the lens of a season five and movies and beyond Dr. Franklin. Or is this really what you think? Because if this is really what you think right now, cool. Let's talk about that. I don't want to talk about it on the other side. Like, let me get there. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it just, and I remember that on my Star Trek podcast when I was sharing that with my buddy Matt, uh, we would often go through things and I knew the growth that certain characters would go through. And he's like, I don't like this person. And he just, you know, and it, it just taint, or like, oh, this episode's awesome, but it really, it's not in the first time view. You only catch it really on the the subsequent views, so you know there's there's that uh, what what was this person's name? Darman. Darman. Uh, Dar- but like where Darman's sitting there, like I I know the future knowledge, and I have to rein that in. That's hundred percent right. Yeah, I think about someone who's never watched any Star Wars except for the Clone Wars, and they're like, "Oh, Anakin's so cool! Anakin's the greatest guy ever!" And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> sure." Uh, there's literally nine movies about how it doesn't turn out great about it. hey yeah he's awesome really cool in the this one series mm-hmm. so jeff uh along with 
uh, getting to read all these awesome comments and, and five-star reviews and all that kind of stuff. One of the things we like to do at the show, is, along with our rule of three game that we do, is we play another game. Now, this game doesn't usually happen until the end of the episode, Jeff. At the end of the episode, you and I are going to look at each other and we're going to say, okay, here's the name of the next episode. We will not have read any uh, description. We'll not have looked at the thumbnail. Like, totally blind to what this next episode is. And we're going to make a guess as to what the next episode is based on the title alone. And we did that last week for this episode. And now it's time to pay up and see just how right or wrong we were about Gropos. Yeah, dude, we couldn't even pronounce the title last week. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know it was a word. And right? What did I think? I thought it was going to be some alien species or something that was going to play a role moving forward. Yeah, uh, no portion of what I guessed even showed up in this episode. Do you remember what you... Yeah. I, I don't I don't remember what I said at all. I probably waffled on it like huge like I normally do. And I don't even think it matters because, as you said, there is no way this is even you said it right. We couldn't even pronounce this word correctly. We didn't know how to say it. So and people freaked out. People freaked as predicted. People freaked out about oh, it. Yeah. But you know what? Give me a break. It was one one word in one episode. It's not even a word, time. Jeff. It's not even a word. <laughs> It's a made-up uh, abbreviation. Seriously, the guts it took to even name this episode this is, I mean, just the sheer, sheer hubris of it. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> well, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about whatsoever, or for those of you who want to be reminded of what this episode is about, you're watching along with us, maybe, maybe you're not watching at all, but you want to know what we're even referring to. Brent, can you remind everyone what Gropos is about? Well, it's your normal, ordinary, average day on Babylon 5. That is until the jump gate opens and a ship docks with the station. And we all know by now that that is the sign that this is the person who is going to be the bad guy for the episode. Unless he's an old man, in which case he's totally cool. Shout out Rabbi Koslov, Grail Hunter dude, rest in peace, David Werner. This time, he's only kind of a bad guy, sort of. And he's not exactly old, but he is definitely older General Richard Franklin of the EAS Schwarzkopf, just in case you forgot this was a 90s show, and his 25,000 troops have arrived at Babylon 5 to use it as a staging area for Operation Sudden Death, a forthcoming attack to quell a rebellion, not because we care about quelling a rebellion, but because that world is a strategic place right between Narn and Centauri space in the coming war that's happening over there. And oh yeah, General Franklin is Dr. Franklin's dad. See, told you he was a bad guy, sort of. The general orders Sheridan to find billeting for all 25,000 of his soldiers because he ain't keeping them on no gosh darn transport ships for two weeks, dang it. Well, this creates a nightmare for Ivanova and the station personnel as people now have to double up and triple up and they have to, to have people staying with them in a complete and total violation of the Third Amendment, by the way. And Franklin even has to give up his infirmary space to some of these guys so that he can quarter these ground pounders, a.k.a. the Gropos. And aside from that, fighting is breaking out left and right all over the station, usually with the same dude involved in it. And that one dude even threatening Ambassador Delenn because she's a Mimbari with hair. But there's also some nice stuff happening. Keffer, yeah, you remember him, the guy who's now in the intro of the whole show, but he's only had like, what, three and a half minutes of screen time total for the whole season so far? Well, he's made friends with his new bunkmates, that'd be Large and Yang, 
And Garibaldi, well, Garibaldi has a girlfriend. No one tell Talia. That is at least until his mouth can't stop talking and he screws it all up. Well, eventually the Gropos have to head out. Apparently they quell the rebellion quite successfully. And everyone that we've come to know over the course of this episode, except for General Franklin, winds up dead. That is literally the entire plot line of what happens in this episode. The rest of the episode is just General and Dr. Franklin hashing out their father-son issues. They have a drink. They talk. Dad says son needs to call his mom. Son calls dad a monster. Dad stops speaking to his son. Son tries to apologize. Dad comes back later to apologize for not accepting his son's apology. They hug it out. Dad says son still needs to call mom. The end. Jeff, how'd you feel about Gropos? So I felt very seen in this episode. 100% Garibaldi was me in high school and my early 20s, most of my 30s. And, uh, but seriously, like the dude's been around. He, he was a Gropo, right? He was a ground pounder. I think he said that to famous Amos back in, uh, that one other episode that, that, uh, he was in. Mm-hmm. I don't remember even what it was called. It was not a great episode, unfortunately, but it's like, dude, you know what's up and you're, you're going to be, you're going to be that guy. That was my big takeaway, but that's, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of thoughts on this episode. It set a couple nuggets up a little bit. I don't know. There were some new weapons they talked about a little bit, but I think I could sum up the whole episode. This would have been my, my recap. And I would say Richard and Stephen Franklin at Babylon five before Actor. That was my Tamarian reference. Stand by. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your Babylon 5 for the first time experience to the next level? With our exclusive Patreon, you'll get access to all kinds of cool stuff that you can only find there. Our recording notes, unedited reaction videos, an exclusive Discord community, and you can even be listed as a producer of the show. Plus, we even offer exclusive meet and greets and hangouts. You won't find this kind of experience anywhere else. Get all these amazing benefits, plus the opportunity to interact with other fans from around the world. It's being part of a huge community where everyone shares the same appreciation for Babylon 5. Subscribe at patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. That's the number five in the word first to get access to these incredible benefits. That's patreon.com slash Babylon 5 first. We can't wait to see you there. Oh, Jeff, on on my other uh, my Star Trek podcast, which that's not a reference. I do AKAs for the for the show title, mm-hmm. and my AKA for this episode was Doctor Franklin. The reason he still has a job. <laughs> Serious. Yeah, uh, Jeff. I think we figured it out. Uh, speaking of quality of mercy, we talked about that a little earlier in today's episode. One of the questions we asked then, and we asked it back in Believers as well, is how does this man still have a job, right? Also, dude's running an underground railroad, as noble as that is. I don't want to take anything away from him for that. As noble as that is, still very illegal. He is sleeping with his job. He's sleeping with his patients. I mean, right? like, let's, oh my gosh, it's just... And Sheridan even kind of calls him out in, in in a way that makes him sound cool. You know, his daddy's like, look... This guy will bend and break every rule. If there's a life on the line or a pain to be soothed, that's 
let's get our scale set up a little a little better there. Basically, that's Franklin's way of saying, yeah, I would have fired this guy two minutes into my assignment here if you weren't his dad. And basically, this is why Dr. Franklin still has a job. That's our right? takeaway from this whole episode. That's <laughs> This is to shut us up and have us stop asking that. However, to piggyback on your buzzer there a second ago, Dr. Franklin, the reason he still has a job. God, if we'd planned better, we should have done this whole episode in Tamarian. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how long that would have taken me to script it out. Too long. Too I long. would have loved to do that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Right? This, is, this might happen Dude, on our Patreon or something. This goes out on Monday. Tune in on Friday to hear Jeff and Brent redo the entire episode into Marion. Yeah. Or not. Or not. No. Did you have any other uh, initial thoughts on this one? Look, season two's been rough. And we had a good run of episodes there. Like, like if I was it Soulmates was pretty good. Mm-hmm. A Race Through Dark Places was pretty good. Coming of Shadows was pretty good. But this one's right back there with a spider in the web and a distant star and geometry of shadows and revelations. Like it's just it's this is an entirely skippable episode. I was bored through most of this episode, to be quite frank with you. I just it was boring. It wasn't interesting. It 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 didn't bring us a bunch of new information. Like what really happened by the end of this episode? Earth is now in a strategic point between Narn and Centauri space. Mm hmm. That's really like, I think, I think one other thing that it added and this is some speculation, but they talked a lot about these new weapons. Oh yeah. Right? B5 got an upgrade. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah. but then these soldiers had new weapons. Cause like, he's like, we're going to make short work of this, this actor place. Cause like we got these brand new weapons question. Are these the weapons that were developed as a result of the tech that they pulled back in infection? Is this our infection? Oh, callback? the like organic tech or whatever that is. Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of neat. I loved, though, how Sheridan, so, you know, General Franklin's all, you know, you're getting these great new weapons. This is awesome. And he's like, yeah, we're a station of peace. Yeah. Like, why are we getting all loaded up? But the other side to that question is Babylon 5 has been attacked a number of times now. Mm -hmm. Maybe they should have got these weapons. Well, I guess they're new weapons, but. Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with the station having those weapons, but I, I, I think Delenn said it best in this episode. We have to have some place that is devoted to peace. And I thought that brought up a good point because it seems like a gross violation of the reason for existence of this station to use it as a staging ground for a military incursion. And frankly, even in a world that's not even yours, mm-hmm. a gross like it'd be like God, I, this would be like a like setting up a base, say, I don't know, going in and helping out in a country like, oh, I don't know, Turkey for example, and then just staying there and then using that as a staging ground for helping out in places like, oh, I don't know, like Vietnam. And, oh, mm, wow, this seems really on point with some stuff that's happened in at least American history, if not other countries as well. But I, I would add, like, only if Turkey was, like, the seat of the United Nations. Yeah, but Babylon 5 isn't. You know, I think that's some, one thing you and I have talked about quite a bit is we call it the last best hope for peace, but really, what has it done? You know, and how much? Yeah, right? they're they're constantly told by their governments what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Sinclair would ignore Earth Force all the time. You know, and they'd go do this. He's like, "That's not the right thing to do. I'm going to do this instead." Mm-hmm. And none of it's really mattered. Yeah, in a big way. You know, I think Delenn's right, but I think she's right about the idea of of a place for peace. Which is awesome. I think I think it brings up a good point 
that it seems like a gross violation of the mission of the station. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, I think it is, uh, I'll close my closing thoughts or I'll close out my opening thoughts with this statement. The episode grail with David Warner, mm-hmm. objectively a terrible episode, absolutely saved by a phenomenal guest star. Yes. I would put Paul Winfield up there in the same realm as I would David Warner. He is a phenomenal guest star. Yeah. He did not save this episode though. Not the way David Warner saved that one. He, he, I I love the idea that Paul Winfield is in this universe and that he has a role. I love the fact that he's Dr. Franklin's dad. uh, And, and he is who he is like, like all of that's fine, but it didn't make, it didn't redeem this episode to me. It's a great, because David Warner took what was on the page and just, I mean, made it made it beyond real, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. just so good. Winfield read what was on the page. He gave you what was on the page. He did it very competently, did it very well. You know, it, 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 was, it, was, it was fine. Yeah. You know which guest star I did? I, I, I liked two of the guest stars quite a bit. You liked, uh, let me guess, let me guess. You liked Large. I loved Large. And I don't think it was the girl. I think it was the dude that was trying to start all the fights. It was the girl. It was Dodger. Oh, it was the girl. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. They were great. I was trying to go with the not obvious one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was great. They both were. That scene where Garibaldi just put his foot in his mouth yep. and like pissed her off. And she's like, look, I'm not looking to set up housekeeping. I know who I am. I'm just trying to get my rocks off. Mm-hmm. And before I have to go do some unthinkable crap, uh, you know, and you just basically took that away from me like like because this is done now and like, seriously I, I i get it like i said i was i am garibaldi in so many ways in this right, situation right but when he's like hey yeah let's do it where do you want to go she's like good restaurant and then your quarters she's yeah. like we're, we're getting right to this dude yeah like, here you go look she doesn't have any time to waste man yeah. gotta, and even, and even with that he's like i don't know i want to i want to take it slow yeah this could be yeah. a real relationship and she's like dude i'm leaving yeah i will not see you again after this yeah she was great but the fight scene with her like uh so there was her I'm stepping sorry, in just, just that that scene mm-hmm. the, the way that the actress did that scene when she got to that part I thought was phenomenal. Like I was like, wow, like she sold that, that angst in that pent up uh, stuff on the inside. Like, like she sold all of that. I was like, wow, that's, that's a good actress right there. Like when she slammed out the door, don't give me your pity and walked out. Cause he did. I mean, one, he was an idiot, but two, he straight up like belittled and insulted her in how he was trying to talk through his own stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She owned that. Hey, Jeff, can we talk about Garibaldi's big ass Daffy Duck poster on his wall over his bed? Yeah, over like and and, and the fact that Dodger was still willing to roll <laughs> again, feeling very seen in this episode. I'm sure there are people watching or listening to this that are going to resonate with this as well. But you're like, oh, I'm going to bring this person over. I just met. Please don't mind my action figure um, collection, my Funko Pops and my framed posters it's fine i am a professional. my lightsabers on the wall yeah my, uh my starship collection right over there mm-hmm. <laughs> which by the way i say with a framed poster right here and my action like so i not saying anything about it anyway. oh if, if you but but see but see like i got like i've got i've got the sports stuff right here behind me you know that's the good manly stuff right, right? Mm-hmm. and then although it's a crappy football team but whatever historically they're awesome right now or at least they have been and then i've got all the nerd stuff <laughs> <laughs> like I get the whole thing. 
But man, good on Garibaldi. He's owning yeah. that fandom. Like that's Dude, great. Second favorite thing. You know what that is? That's his first and his second favorite thing in the universe in the same space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, every time he's thinking that, like he's just like, yeah, I got you them know, both. You know, I will say this though, and I'm going to move on from this whole topic. All of these grow pose, all of them, particularly what's that dude? Ke- not Keffer, uh, Ke- Ke- Kleist? Kleist? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the bad the, guy. The, the, jerk, right? the jerk guy. Yeah. 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 All of them. Look, I think they all just need to get laid. Seriously. Like, <laughs> that would solve a lot of that tension right there. Well, and that's uh, so, like, I have to own. I, when I first watched this episode, I was so, I had so much aversion to how they were portrayed. I was just like, uh-huh. that's not real, man. But, I wasn't a Marine, so I don't know. I was in the, so I was in the Navy and people have thoughts, you know, well, Marines go, go, go or whatever. What I know, I show up to my tech school mm-hmm. and, and a guy picks me up. I'm like, Oh, hello, petty, hello, petty officer. And he's like, dude, my name's Gary. Like, just call me Gary. And then I said, Hey, uh, which cars have the blue stickers that I'm supposed to salute? Where's the sticker? And he's like, Dude, if I see you saluting someone on base, I'll punch you in the face myself. Like, <laughs> chill out. That's right. not how we roll here. Take that life with me. But it, it, very unique, right? Navy, submarine, whatever. To this, we're like, you got Sergeant Major, what's his face, running around, you know, playing dude from Full Metal Jacket the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time. And I'm like, is this real? Do people do they really get in fights like this all the time? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe it was real. Either way, you're right. Those people need to get laid. I hate to boil it down and be so crass about it, but it's just at some point, man. Well, and it's one thing when you got like a jerk in the bar and then like a fight happens, they're all on the same team. Like good night, man. Good night. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about this because this struck me as just unnecessarily bad. And you can tell me if things in the military are really like this. They're coming off the ship. They're all standing in these big, long lines and the person walks up and they stick their hand through the ring because apparently they have like microchips in their hand or something now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, so-and-so is this person. And their serial number is number, 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 number. Boop. And then it goes to the next person. It took 30 seconds per person to get them through that. And I don't know how many of those lines they have, but 25,000 people that is an hours long line. That needs to be a boop gone. Boop, yeah. Gone. Boop gone. When I get on and off a cruise ship, that's all I got to do. They boop my card and I walk off. <laughs> so when I went to my tech school, it was in Groton, Connecticut. And you, you go in, you go through what's called basic enlisted submarine school or best. It's a five week program. I don't know what it is now, but way back. It's a five week program where you learn the basics of living on a submarine. Then you go to your actual tech school. And mine wasn't ready to go yet. So you go to this unit called ACU or a waiting class up. And that's where you just kind of hang out on base. Like you clean the barracks or do landscaping or whatever. I, uh, after I was cleaning the barracks for a while, I got called up and I got to stand watch at the potential nuclear engineering officers school, PNEO. And what that meant is I sat at a desk, which is pretty great. For a little 18 year old kid to sit at a desk, got a phone, big deal. And then these potential, these officers who wanted to be engineering officers on a boat would come in and they'd give me their ID card. And I had this green bar report that I had to pick up every morning that had been through multiple layers of security. And with a pencil, I had to look at their ID and I had to mark on top of each letter and the number to make, make sure that what was on their ID matched what was on the green bar report. Um, that scene 
100% made sense to me. Really? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was the dumb, I'm 18 and I'm like, this is, and especially cause like I'm seeing these people every day. <laughs> I was seeing these same people every morning and they're like, there you go, Seaman Aiken. And I'm like, oh, you know, Lieutenant so-and-so, let me make sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's the military for you. Didn't change since yesterday. No, it sure has. But I get it. Like, it'd be a thing to look the first time and then look to say, make sure they're still on the list, right? Like, maybe they got discharged between, you know, here and there or whatever. But nope, every letter, every number. I want to talk about Ivanova for a little bit. A couple of things about Ivanova, they kind of made me laugh a little bit. One thing, did Ivanova only have one earring in this episode? That I could tell. Not that I paid a lot of attention, but yeah. Like, there was one scene, I'm like, she only has one earring in. And it just, it, it was like just subtle enough that I was like, what's that all about? Yeah. I think so. Cause she had her hair back a little bit and in the, in the, yeah, but, but it was like, like she kept like turning her head, like to the camera where her one earring was showing. And I'm like, did she lose the backing of the earring? Like while they were filming it and she just like tried to purposely like hide it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that for as, for as much guff. As people have given us and, and even some of the other podcasts out there that have, you know, newbies about how to pronounce Ivanova's name correctly. General Dad walks in here and he calls her Ivanova. Now, it's not Ivanova. That's not what he said. He said Ivanova. But still, I want to know if everybody freaks out over Paul Winfield calling her the wrong name because it's right. not Ivanova. It's Ivanova, right? Like, that's what we're told. We've seen it enough times now. Well, I think it's, and it's such a, oh God, it's such an American thing to do, right? It's like Ivanova or Yvonne or whatever uh -huh. they, they and it, nope, Ivan. Ivan. Oh, it's not Ivanova? Then it's Ivanova. Or I, I can't even say it that way. It's Ivan. It's like, no, it's Ivanova. Ivanova. No, it's Ivanova, right. And that's like twice, I think, so far this season, like someone has blatantly like mislabeled her. That's got to feel good. You know, in that opening scene when she was just like, Dude, this is the life. This is awesome. Uh -huh. do, you, do you know? And there was like, dude, dude kind of came behind her a little bit and was like, yeah, yeah, this is, you know who I missed? Do you remember the lady in the first season who like every time something with a jump gate happened, she turned around and looked up and was like, commander, there's four ships coming through. It's like that same she was lady. the Walter Harriman of, of uh, Babylon five. You don't get that reference. I don't don't <laughs> laugh. You don't know that reference. You know, when you'll learn that reference on our next podcast, about Stargate SG. Oh, okay. And you'll totally understand what I'm talking about then. And you're going to love Walter. He's amazing. Well, I loved her. I, I didn't realize I loved her. Yeah. Until the moment Ivanova was just like, well, this is easy. And then somebody said, there's six ships coming through the jump gate. I'm like, where's where's my lady? Like, where is she? What? You know, maybe she just works a different shift, I guess. But I do I do miss her. I liked in that whole thing, though, that the Dock the doc Guild, Dockers Guild, got its first mention since by any means necessary. Right? So that was that was cool. And Sheridan even followed through later on. Well, you know, we'll try and get them some time off with pay to cover that. Like those labor relations are still going well. So well done, Sinclair. Still paying off. Uh, I really I really enjoyed uh, the moment when General Franklin walks into the room. Now, they like they already knew who he was. They had already been introduced. He went away to do whatever they came in. And it's it's in the room is Sheridan, Ivanova and Garibaldi. And Dr. Franklin walks in and. Keep in mind, Sheridan and Ivanova have the same uniform on. It's that blue. Garibaldi has the gray mm -hmm. whatever, right? Sheridan and Ivanova snap to attention. Garibaldi's just sitting there looking like he's Ron Weasley. He's got his shoulders slumped. His hands are in his pockets. He's like, whatever, dude. I ain't doing that. 
And then they called it out, but I was yep. just like, Garibaldi, man, like you're still a part of this world. Like, right. We call that unsat, unsatisfactory. Garibaldi, unsat. Come on, shape up. Let's do this. There you go. <laughs> Which reminds me, this the, the, the Sergeant Major guy dropped this line. It would have been cool. I mean, it, what General Franklin did was like next level insulting him sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But I love, like, if Sergeant Major was in there, he would have dropped another awesome Babylon 5 cussing line, which was, what the stroking H is going on here? Oh, my gosh. He said it in here. He said, get your stroking butts in here. He said, you'll curse your own mothers for bringing your stroking butts into the world or whatever he said. I was like, really? Wow. That's our one-to-one word here, okay? Yep, that's right. going to be it. All right. All right. I still say we need to have that, like, that cut reel of every time they try to like avoid a cuss word and just give it a different word to say altogether. That'd be so good. I think honestly, one of my last things without, without diving into any sort of meat on this whole thing was at one point, Garibaldi and Lou are talking, uh-huh. How, you know, what's going on. And Lou's like, yeah, you know, a couple fights, whatever. And then he's like, Oh, there's a dancer from dark star. That's missing. He just drops that nothing, no follow up, no nothing. Apparently, Whatever. Apparently kidnapping's cool. Kidnapping and beating people up is just fine. It just happens all the time. Like, whatever. She's probably working or whatever. Uh, Oh, I got one more Ivanova one. So Ivanova and Franklin, like Dr. Franklin, they're on a first name basis. Is that new? So, no, I think this whole season they've been uh, shining a different light on Franklin. You know, like he hangs out with them now at Earhart's and he has dinner with them. Yeah. Like they've been trying to be like, hey, Sinclair's gone, so our little buddy trio's broken up, and Franklin's been here the whole time too. We still love Franklin. I yeah, it was weird. I loved, I loved their scenes. I loved those a sure. lot. Sure, yeah, sure. But she's just he's Stephen to her. Okay, all right. Let's talk about Franklin for a moment. Jeff, did you know before this episode, Doctor Franklin is a mad scientist? <laughs> no. Seriously, look at go back and watch. I mean, just fast forward to this moment because it's the only part worth watching. I'm I'm near positive it's the scene where Ivanova comes into like, hey, you got to put these people up in your infirmary. And he's like, the hell I will. And there's a wall that has a shelf. And on this shelf, Jeff, this is like Professor Snape's thing. He has a bleached white skull that they probably bought at the Dollar General around Halloween time. All right. He's got vials of various colored liquids. He's got a jar with some organ floating in a liquid in it. This is mad scientist stuff. This is not doctor. This is not medical. (laughs) This is you are experimenting on people and things. (laughs) I wonder if it's, uh, oh my gosh, who is that? That daughter of somebody he tried to date in one of the episodes. Yeah, Rose. That quality of mercy was that quality of mercy. Rose, whatever her name was. That's her skull. Things didn't. Oh no. He's like uh, he's basically. They were going out to dinner, and then right. Franklin is the much darker version of Jordy LaForge when it comes to women. Hey, I'm really bad at this. Also, I'm gonna collect your skull. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your organs in a jar. Um. Okay, Paul Winfield looks really weird in his glasses. Mm-hmm. They like they didn't fit his face. He looked uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Just in the whole outfit. Yeah. And they looked prescription because like it it looked like it like distorted his eyes. Like I don't know if they're his real glasses in real life or not, but it just didn't 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 look right. And Jeff, as far as little comments, that's really all I had to say outside of the father-son stuff. The only, no, everything I have outside of that is really the the, the father-son stuff. And then there's a, the, the piece around Delenn. Um, one other great line that she oh, yeah. had that was, uh, what was it? We're all slaves to our past. And for a brighter future or something like that, we have to learn to break those chains. I love that because it's a great quote on its own, but it also harkens back to what she said back on uh, Midnight on the Firing Line with the Centauri Narn stuff on Ragash 3. And I just thought it was really great. And pretty powerful, you know, when you think about where we are today as a society and then apparently where they are in the 23rd century. I thought that particular scene with Delenn, where she's getting roughed up by Kleist, I think that was his name. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here watching this going, Jeff, this still happens today. Yep. This is stuff that I thought we resolved back in the 50s and 60s, but it's not. This is stuff that, it, like, it's gross. It's ugly. It is disturbing. It is not okay. It is wrong. Sit there and go, you're a Mimbari. Now you've got hair, and now I'm offended. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this isn't something I thought we got solved back in the 60s. People look for a reason to be offended. And if I could just, if you're one of those people who just take offense at anything, listen, this is just Brent talking. I'm not talking for Jeff. This is just me. This is you and me here. Stop it. Stop looking for reasons to be offended you are picking it you are choosing it that is no way to live life not everything is meant to be an offense delin had was in no way shape or form trying to offend anybody in fact she was trying to do the exact opposite which is bridge the gap but he's looking at her going oh you're a member he called her a bonehead yeah. or something like that right bony so oh, you got this hair you're trying to this is insulting to us and now i'm gonna take out all my frustrations on you it's not okay jeff not okay and you have to ask i mean you have to ask but you know the answer if she wasn't hybrid human delenn and was just minbari delenn what would have happened then i have an answer yeah we saw it with lanier god we keep going back to that episode quality of mercy i think it because it remember it was lawn it was the corruption of londa or the corruption of lanier londo took him out mm-hmm. And Lanier turned into Yoda from episode two. Right? Yeah. Delenn would have done that same thing. Like old Delenn, bald Delenn would have done that. I don't, I don't, maybe she lost some of those fighting skills in her chrysalis thing, uh, but that's what would have happened. Like Delenn would have taken care of it or Lanier would have popped up. I think she was so taken aback that it was even happening. Well, yeah. I you mean, know, and you, call, you talk about a girl who played a, who played a part great. Like the look, what's her name? Myrna something or other. The look in her eyes when they like had her cornered was so real. Like it was so visceral. I don't know what she was drawing on in her life and acting in that moment, even through the weird makeup and stuff like that. Like it was, I mean, she fled Croatia in the nineties. And so, I mean, she was, she was in the middle of all the war and the brutality that was happening there. I think it would be naive to think she wasn't exposed to some of it, you know? Sure. So definitely drawing on that. But I think for me, that scene really hit hard because what was it? Just, uh, gosh, three or four months ago, it was like September or October when there was the person who they found was like basically a serial killer who was abducting women of color and killing them for the sole purpose that they were black. Uh, and and that, that's, that really rang for me in that scene when he just, I mean, there's nothing Delenn could have done 
other than turn into a dust moat and float away that would have avoided that confrontation. He he was, like you said, looking for something to be offended about and, and looking for blood. And you're right. It's so much more true today, I think, than it was even when this first aired. Just so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I got one thing that's not father-son. Uh, I thought this was real, real impactful. Sheridan says at some point, uh, I think when he's talking to General Franklin, he says they're talking about war. And you almost feel like he's going to go on this big diatribe against war. Then you remember Sheridan's a soldier, mm-hmm. too. And he goes, I, I, I don't have the exact quote, but basically he said, death is the only reality of war. We get to the end and all of the Gropos that we came to know, even the bad guy, mm-hmm. died. Like, that's the reality of war. And we have that moment where, like, they're looking at the casualty list, both Keffer and Garibaldi, and he, they're seeing their people that they know. Like, that was an impactful moment, I think, out of this episode. I, it didn't save it or redeem it for me, but, like, yeah, the, those two pieces fit together really well. It was a great scene because Sheridan was kind of trying to play play the pragmatist, I think. Yeah. And then it set up the impact of that final scene, which was done really well for what they were working with, you know, yeah. just having the bodies kind of kind of strewn strewn about. But it also served that purpose where what was it that the general that Franklin asked? He says, uh, do, do people when you destroyed the Black Star, or the, was it the Black Star? Um, d- did you feel like a murderer? you know, mm-hmm. for that. And so it was, it was Franklin trying to justify that <laughs> my son thinks I'm a murderer and it's ridiculous. He shouldn't think that about me. And then Sheridan kind of being like, well, you sort of are um, when you do it, but also that's war, you know? So like, yeah, I'm a murderer, but it's also what happens. Not that it's good. Not that it's bad. It's just when there's war, this happens. And hopefully he said something else too. That was great. Hopefully when it's all over, whatever it was for was worth it. And that's, that's, that's an accounting personally. I would never want to have to do. Right. Okay. Let's talk about dad and son uh, in this episode. So they're not estranged. Like they can still talk. They still have it. Hey dad. Hey mom. Hey son. Uh, they're, they're not estranged, but they certainly are in two different realms. Is it wrong of me though, to, to say, I don't care about any of the this you know what i mean like there's some stuff to look at from just a father son or parent son you know kid mm-hmm. relationship but it's i i don't care about stephen franklin and his dad's relationship you at know all. that but here's the thing so so i wonder if that is a product of not really liking franklin not really caring about franklin because what this also didn't do was it didn't give us any insight or justification for why franklin is the way he is yeah do you remember when uh when we met Dr. Bashir's parents on Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we got all this backstory for why Dr. Bashir is the way he is, why he doesn't talk about his parents, why he has this drive to, to go be out there and be good, why he kept his, his, uh, that actually, that, that was the episode we learned he was a, uh, he was genetically engineered. That thing, yeah. Um, you know, why he kept all that through, like, like why he was really creepy in the first couple of seasons. Like they, they gave that a reason. Same thing. When we met worst parents, same thing. When we met captain Picard's brother, it does all that count as one reference. It does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Cause I might've used all three in the same example, but my point being a lot of times when you meet family, 
you get an idea of why a person is the way they are. That is not what we got with Dr. Franklin here. And we don't like Dr. Franklin here at Babylon five for the first time. So you're right, Jeff. I didn't think about it until you just said it, but you're right. I just don't care because I don't like him. I think I, if I'm charting the course of this show, right? If I'm JMS, if I'm helping write this, I think people like Franklin. Now I've, I've, I've shown that he believes in bigger things and will, you know, defy the odds and do whatever. Yeah. But, but for us, you know, I mean, for me, it, it, no, it doesn't work. Not I, yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm keeping it open. I might change my mind down the road, but for right now, because to me, like the two things that came out that give him a little background are one, his family are all very high achievers, right? Like his sister's working on her second PhD and blah, blah, blah. So of course he's pushed and driven. And the second thing is his dad is anti-alien. He does so he's going to be that rebel who's now pro-alien, not because I believe they're good and better, but because my dad is anti-alien. Like to me, to me it actually made Franklin a worse person. Interesting. Interesting. Jeff, I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your father. A very good one. I'm really glad for you. I had two fathers. I had my biological father and my stepfather. It wasn't great with either one of them. Now, I say that out of full love, respect, and admiration for my stepfather, the man who came in. You know why? Because he never left. He still wasn't really present in my life. He didn't do the dad stuff. He didn't teach me how to shave. He didn't teach me how to drive. He didn't teach me how to how to talk to people. Like, like that's just he just sort of did his thing, but he never left and he was always there. He was the he was he was a coal miner's son. And that in that community, dad's basically the guy who brings home the money and he's the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. That's that's just how that worked. I didn't understand that growing up. I do now. By the way, he is also a wonderful grandfather to my two children. Yeah. I say it's because he knows he's about to die and he's just trying to get into heaven, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he is he is a wonderful man. I don't mean to speak bad about him, but it was a hard way to grow up. And my biological father's just never around, right? I found myself represented in a lot of this conversation really okay yeah like like even on both sides like me and my me and my stepfather are wildly different people we have very different values we come at things from two very different places and there are frankly conversations we just never need to have Mm -hmm. because things don't go well our conversation you know like i go to their house our conversation is like hey how you doing you doing good how was that doctor's visit okay we're good all right i'm gonna talk to mom for a while (laughs) like that's about it (laughs) you know that's what this felt like to me. Like they're not estranged, but they're not close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and actually, I, I really kind of like the way the recap went. Like, hey, you need to call your mom. Okay, you're a monster. Urgh, I don't like you. Look, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I accept your apology. Hug it out. I do love you. I do love you, but I don't like you. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that I mean, there's there's something to that. But so if I can kind of j- jump ahead to the the messagey part, Jeff, yeah. Yeah. What I found with Dr. Franklin and his father, and I also found it to be shown in Garibaldi and Dodger in both instances, they both had beef with each other at some point, but it wasn't until they both did the Star Trek thing, Jeff, and sat down and talked about it and had a conversation and stopped being so in their own stuff that they were able to listen to what the other person was having to say and to acknowledge that their feelings are real and that their experiences are legit. When they were able to do that, despite their differences, and they still existed, they didn't just vanish, despite their differences, 
they were able to come together and mend a relationship and move forward with a, Hey, listen, I'll see you when you get back or take care of yourself. Cause I really don't want you to die and call your mom. <laughs> and yes, you should call your mom. Like seriously, I, I had the best relationship with both of my parents. Like they were, that's so good. I'm glad for you. Yeah, they were incredible people. And I'm so thankful that I had them in my life. If I could do anything different, it would have been that when I grew up, I called literally called my mom more. Like that's the one thing that's like, Oh, that's, I should have done that more mm. for sure. So the general general was correct. On one mm-hmm. thing. I have friends who call their moms every single day. And I always thought that was ridiculous until my mom died. And then I was like, wow, I should have called her every day. Like I should, I should have done that. Yeah. But so he's, 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 uh, yeah, definitely right. I think it's time, Brent. Let's, uh, let's, let's do our deep dive. Let's do, um, let's get to Delta's. All right, Jeff. Well, with that, we have then reached that part of the show. I already started it, but this is the part where we are going to boil everything down and see if this show has any of that star Trek quality to it. Is there a deep moral message? Is it holding up a mirror to society? Is it giving us hope that we can be better in the future or just better right now? I am going to rate this episode on a scale of zero to five deltas as to how Star Trek this episode is. But Jeff, you get to do the much more fun side of it. Rate this episode on a scale of zero to five Star Furies to how much you enjoyed this episode. Jeff, I'll let you go first. Well, I think this was a a necessary breather. After the last couple episodes, you said earlier how like we're kind of back to the uh, the slog of season two. I don't I don't disagree, but I also think the last couple have been super, super intense. But this one, it added some pieces to the board, um, modified them a little bit, maybe. It, but that's about it. Hey, it's here's a question. A, yeah. Here's a question. Could this episode have existed in season one and you wouldn't have known a difference? Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of an, it's a world building. Like I can see that in the comments right now for the people who are, right. oh, but you don't know about the world building that this episode does. Yeah. It was boring. Yeah. It was kind of boring. I think what it did, right. If you look at what it did, it did the weapons upgrade. There's that's a hundred percent going to turn into something at some point. Sure. And we we're at war, right? The Centauri and Narn are at war. Earth is positioning itself to somehow be involved in all of that. So I think this this was meant to show us the horrors of war. You know, just like, this is really bad stuff. But I think, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. I think if I liked Franklin at all, I probably would have enjoyed this episode more. But I, I don't like him at all. And so yeah. almost all of this episode to me was just like, okay, okay, get back to the cool Dodger stuff because she's she's awesome. In fact, like she and um, she and Large and that Large Yang Keffer little group, mm-hmm. they saved this for me. And they were kind of, I mean, especially Large Yang and Keffer, they were, you know, kind of a joke over on the side. And mm-hmm. it's like the most entertaining part of the whole episode. And like you said before, I loved that this paid off. Almost all of the soldiers we met died. You know, this is there's no this is Babylon five. There's no silver lining. This is filthy, filthy war. So there's some stuff to enjoy in this one. Um, not a lot. I'm going one and a half star furies on this one. I wonder how it would have been different if you just take Dr. Franklin out of this episode, because General Franklin, his scenes with Sheridan were great. Yeah. Like the, like in the command center where they're, you know, uh, plotting their their battle moves mm-hmm. when they're talking to each other about the realities of war. You know, when you have a general who's coming in, like you're going to billet all of my men. Uh, I don't have space. Find space because I'm not leaving them on the transport ships. Like, like those were 
those were legit scenes. I was like, okay. Yeah, I feel like this is, this is a three Star Fury episode if you take Franklin out. He literally cuts it in half. That sounds about right. Everything about it, I'm just like, God, stop, stop. I can see all the comments right now, though, Jeff. You're going to love Franklin. Why don't you? Do, 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 do. And I'm like, maybe, okay, we're not there yet. Yeah, we maybe have, I will. The information we have about Franklin is up to this episode. Yeah. Um, As far as Deltas, I really like the, hey, once you guys sit down to talk, and we saw it in an A plot, and we saw it in a B plot. Honestly, we even saw it with Keffer and Large and Yang. Because Keffer comes in all like, you can't be in my, and they they got into it until they started talking. Like, that is a quintessential Star Trek idea. Like, a how we need to operate. If we stop worrying about ourselves and just listen to the other person's deal and the other person's story, it's going to bring you guys to a spot where you at least can communicate and work together, even if you're two very, very different people. That's a huge Star Trek message. Was that the point of this episode? No. Was that contained in there? Yes. Also, I thought we came really close to a, hey, war is absolutely horrible with, you know, the real death is the re- only reality of war or whatever, except nobody talked about how awful it was. Like, they just sort of seem to be like, yeah, this is just what war is. Awesome. No, like, this is why it's really bad. And they, they didn't go there. So that kind of knocks it down. So I'm going to give this one, Jeff, two deltas. Yeah, it's two deltas. It, it was there. It wasn't intentional. They had some opportunities with some other things that they didn't capitalize on, which is okay because Babylon 5 isn't necessarily trying to be the algorithm. Hold that up. We're just seeing if it does. Yeah, now that fits. I think one thing I liked about the communication aspect of it, and it was Franklin who brought this up. So, hey, don't like the guy? Going to say something nice about him. So lay off. <laughs> but... <laughs> Please clip that. Please let that be your clip for the highlight of the episode. There it is. Lay off. <laughs> but he says, he says, that's uh, yeah, but it's, we're not going to talk about what we say. We need to talk about what we don't say and how what we don't say is just as important. Like there's real power and meaning in that, yeah. um, you know? So in, in the way I thought about that too, is you hear that trope all the time or that situation of, you know, I, I never told them how much they meant to me or I never got to say, so just say it, just say the thing. And I think there's a, there's a great message held, held in that as well. But I think, I think two deltas is a, is a very, uh, very generous ranking. Very, very well done. Well, Jeff here in season two, you and I have started a new thing. We like our games. We like our, our little side things to just make these episodes go longer. We are ranking all of season two. This is our absolute 100% completely accurate definitive ranking of Babylon five right here. Talking about season two, Jeff, our current ranking stands as follows starting at number one and going all the way down the coming of shadows, a race through dark places, soulmates points of departure, a spider in the web are in the top five followed by geometry of shadows, revelations, distant star, any other episode in the season. And then the long dark, Jeff, where do you put Gropos? I think I'm looking at the list here. I'm going to put it just below Geometry of Shadows, above Revelations. This will be our new number seven. Why? Why? Yeah, why? There were parts of this episode I enjoyed watching. Uh, Revelations and the other ones down. I, I they just I, I don't ever want to watch them again. I could watch this. I could watch this one and have a good time with the the Ground Pounder stuff. Like, I, I enjoyed that part of the episode. I think if this episode came back on, I just would change the channel, to be honest with you. 
but it's, I mean, it's right there with the other episodes that I would change the channel on. So yeah. I, I can't argue with your. Yeah, there's stuff in Geometry of Shadows because like, that had, um, that one had the Drazi stuff in it, right? Which to this day, I'm a little furious that we're not seeing Drazi walking around with purple sashes on. Or the awesome Michael Ansari wizard magi guy. Right? Like, I want more of those. What's going on with that guy? More techno mage stuff yeah, that's going a techno on. Mage, right? So yeah, that's totally that's there, but those other ones, yeah, I just this has some neat stuff in it, but nothing nothing too great. Well, Brent, that's it for Gropos. Next week we're watching All Alone in the Night. We're gonna watch that for the first time. We didn't look at the thumbnails, we didn't look at synopses, we didn't look at any recaps or anything. All we know about this episode is the title. Brent, what do you think is going to happen in All Alone in the Night? What I what I want to say, I, let me tell you what I know it's not going to be, but I kind of want it to be. Garibaldi, All Alone in the Night. He screwed it up, and oh. he just found out his girl's dead, and he's just all alone. He's having himself. I don't want to see him fall off the wagon. I really don't want to see that. But he's having himself a little pity party because he's all alone. And this will be an episode that focuses on, like, all of the like, you know, one is the loneliest. No, like it's going to be everybody just kind of doing their own thing. Like the war has separated everybody, you know, and uh, it's it's going to be a depressing episode, Jeff. I don't think he's going to follow up on that, but uh, that's my that's it's a depressing episode. Everybody like nobody's talking. Yeah, uh, everyone's in their own little thing. Do what I what I almost visualize is Garibaldi sitting on his bed, with a glass yeah. of water, looking at Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> where'd i go wrong just where'd i go wrong daffy like this isn't what it was supposed to and be and then the the episode ends with he gets a call from talia because remember her they're supposed to have a thing going on right now aren't they yeah he, he's trying he's getting closer i don't know if she knows it or not but mm. I, I i'm on board with this not being a happy episode but i think we're going back to the centauri and narn war and i mm. think this is going to be it's time for that i think this is going to be where we start it's either going to be, it's going to be one of the two, either Londo doing the stuff to be a tough Centauri, you know, yeah, go get him, whatever. But then the all alone in the night part is him, maybe him and Veer. But I think mostly just him being like, what am I doing? Oh my God, I can't mm. believe I'm doing this. Is it, is it like with that, do you mean it's like the start of the redemption of Londo? Because Londo's been, been a jerky McJerk face here over the last couple episodes. He has been. I think this is, it's either going to be that or it's, we're going to get the beginning of what am I doing? How am I, how can I keep doing this? That'll give him that rebound point here pretty soon. I hope. Yeah. Or this is where he turns the corner and he just goes total Darth Londo. Darth Londo. Darth Londo. Touch these. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to find out next week right here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, you can also subscribe by clicking the button right down there. If you have not done this yet, please pop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a review, and I will gladly read that right here on the podcast. Audible, too. And on Audible and Podchaser. Those are the places I get notified. Well, actually, I don't get notified. We go to Audible. But I get notified if you leave us a review on Apple or Podchaser. So those are surefire ways to get read here on the podcast. So, Brent. Hey, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, you know... It's like old Buffer used to say. There are two types of fans out there. Those who subscribe on YouTube and leave you a review and those who don't.
Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, peace and long life. It's my first time.